Welcome to the Mammoth Games Cast. I am one of your hosts, Jay. With me this week, we have Austin. Yo. And Johnny. I'm back. All right. And the results are in. The winner for this last two weeks poll was morality in video games. Finally, morality in games. Do your decisions matter? I think this one's been on the docket for like a month. <laughs> Probably since the beginning, yeah. And, and it's always had like votes for it. Yep. So it's good that we're finally getting uh, getting the chance to do this. So if you guys get the chance, as always, give us a follow on Twitter at Mammoth Games Inc. You can follow the entire Fun Balance podcast at Bad Assets Pod for uh, our tabletop experience as well for bunkers and badasses. That looks like it's been going pretty good. I keep uh, seeing the new episodes coming up, and descriptions are always funny that go along with it and everything. So. Yeah, yeah, no, getting into comedy, we're running into cool characters and making terrible decisions along the way. You love to see it. So yeah, and and the best part is it's it's ran by the guy who created the entire thing. So right. I, th- I think that's uh, that's pretty important. And I want to get it out there on the air. We 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 need to get a game going of carbon. We need to get get Robert yeah, out here. Get Robert so we can so we can get a game of that going too. Yeah, literally get him out here. I'm gonna fly him out. Fly him out. Yeah, let's do this live. Get over here. All right. So enough housekeeping. Let's jump into morality in games. So I know Austin's going to be excited about this one yeah. because the other week when we recorded our, uh, like, our create a character and, you know, all of that fun, it really felt like this was going to be like a, a follow-up yeah. um, kind of episode. So yeah. Why don't we start with some of our favorite games that have morality? And this is kind of a hard thing that we figured out while we were kind of writing up the document earlier right what games actually have morality not just decision but morality yeah it's that kind of um it's that kind of typical thing right where like you know every movie or you know piece of art has a point of view or whatever but is it interesting do you have any input on it is there anything to to take out of it and it actually a lot of the games that we were thinking of putting on the list i mean obviously you can probably guess what you know my top three are or whatever a lot of those games is like well the decision making here is not really morality it's do i personally want to do this or do i want to just allow somebody else to do it or you know things like that yeah yeah a lot of it is you have these decisions do these different things as you go through and some of them might feel like they're moral decisions but is it going to be something that lasts past that conversation with that character and impacts the future game? Mm-hmm. Or is it something that you never even had to talk to that person? It's crazy because one of the earliest games that I ever played that had any inkling of a moral decision in it was Final Fantasy VI when I was a kid. And I didn't even know back then mm-hmm. what morality was. Well, I didn't even know it was a choice back then. There was a, a you're basically in at one point in the game pretty early on, you're supposed to go help this group of people and you get asked by the leader, are you going to be our are you going to be the person that helps us? And you normally are going to say, "Yeah," because why wouldn't you? Well, yeah, I'm playing a video game. I'm a hero. Yeah, and you get an item and then you go in and it progresses the story. Cool. Like that item is an accessory you can wear to be better in battle. But if you say no, your character just walks back inside. You can talk to all the NPCs again and nothing happens. And if you go back outside, it triggers the same dialogue. Like, did you think about it? And you can say no again. And if you say no multiple times, it just forces the story forward because you're being a stubborn jerk. Hmm. Nice. But then it gives you a different item, which is significantly better than the first one it would give you if you say yes. That's interesting. Wild. Yeah, that's cool. 
So just looking at at favorites, I, I know it's there's a lot of games on the list, and it was kind of tough to struggle with think, having that thought of like, man, but I felt like I was making some pretty heavy decisions in this game. Like, you know, I, I think about like Divinity Original Sin 2, but it's like, mm-hmm. but doesn't matter. Right. I mean, you can have these conversations, you can make these conversation decisions while talking to these people, but does it matter outside of that conversation? Yeah, I guess when we're talking about like matter, like we're talking about the impact that it has on the function of the game and then I guess the outcome of the game, right? So, yeah. So like for me, I, you know, this is like my zone, you know, I really like games that are story heavy and role play heavy and have like impactful decisions and things like that. So, I think one that you can make a really good comparison and I think that'll set up all of our other categories of different games is something like Mass Effect. So in the Mass Effect series, they wanted it to be a little more grounded and realistic, and they did not want the moral decisions that you have to make to be, uh, do I help the old lady across the street or do I burn an orphanage, right? So they, they wanted it to be interesting and kind of have more impactful and more thoughtful, and you kind of have to sit there sometimes and think, like, okay, what do I want to do here? Like, this is this is kind of a tough one. So in Mass Effect, what they do is they have, their morality system is split into two categories, which is Paragon, and Renegade. So Paragon is like the blue, uh, bright light, like, you know, makes you feel good about yourself. It's basically when you say, you know, I am a honorable, I'm like a knight in a story, right? I like, I have chivalry, I protect the weak, I go out of my way to stop evildoers, things like that. Renegade is like red coated and it's like dark in the game and it, you know, yeah, it has like an effect on your physical appearance if you are always making renegade choices. It's it's um, it's yeah, it's kind of like uh like Jedi versus Sith. Right. Yeah, this is all adapting off of their their earlier work with um the original Baldur's Gate games and then the uh Knights, you know, Knights of the Republic things like that. Yeah. So, yeah, the renegade choices are not just evil. It's not like, you know, I I kill the guy for looking at me funny. Um it's it is, um, I do the thing that gets me what I want, regardless of the outcome, right? So, if you're, uh, you know, let's say, like, a firefight, uh, you know, gunfight opens up in, like, an apartment building, and your paragon option is basically, okay, I'm gonna potentially let the guy that did this, which is, like, my main enemy in the game or whatever, I'm gonna possibly let him get away, but I'm gonna save everybody in the, the apartment complex, I'm going to make sure all the innocent people get out safe because this has nothing to do with them. It's not their fault. Um, and then I guess the, uh, you know, the, the renegade thing to do would be this guy's my main villain. I'm going to going in and getting him. And if everybody in this building dies, tough luck. Right. Yeah. Get, get, get the, you know, get the guy at any cost basically. Right. So, um, yeah, I definitely think really different and interesting way for things to play out there. Um, it Not only does it have an effect on the ending, so again, we're talking about the games where the morality matters, right? Mm-hmm. In Mass Effect, you can get entire different companions, different missions, things like that, based on your morality. You may have to, like fire or you know let one of your crew members like not join you you may have to kill them because they are so strongly against your behavior right yeah um so in yeah 
in in those games, the morality is a part of the journey that your character is going through. Right, it's a part um, of it, and then it's also the conclusion of it. Yeah, it's it's the life you live, and then the outcome of that life you live. Right. It's interesting. I, I loved I, I loved Mass Effect um, specifically, and I knew. I remember when it hit me for the first time. Uh, we were working uh, in retail, and mm. it was really early on. I was talking to uh, one of our managers, and he was telling me about his playthrough, and I was like, "Oh shit! I had to kill that person." Yeah. Like that person's not alive in my game anymore. Yeah, I did. I didn't know that guy could make it. Yeah. And yeah. and that's when I was like, I'm gonna have to play this game again, and then possibly again, yep, and possibly again. <laughs> and that really is the, I mean, ultimately, when, from a game design perspective, that's the purpose is to, that you have to play it at least twice. That's the win. Um, yeah, that's how you. That's yeah. how, as a designer, you. I Longevity. I I don't know. I I think that's how you win. It doesn't have to be. Not all games have to be this thing where, um, okay, you know, everyone is dead and you're the only one who survived. Okay, cool. Let's right. go ahead and restart that game. You know, the battle Royale thing. That's one way to approach it. But the other way to approach it is playing a story and getting to a conclusion and then going, wait, but there were decisions that were made in there that led me down that path. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It doesn't always have to. And, and I think that's, it kind of leads back. I know over the past couple of years, we had heard several studios saying like single player games are dead. And then the people who love single player games and the developers that make single player games are laughing at them. Right. I mean, yeah, you can look at stuff like, um, this is not something that we had on our board here, but like uh, ghost of Tsushima where sure. there is a morality system, quote unquote, I guess actually it does impact the way, like the ending and the way the game plays out. But it's like, you know, you decide how to do that through gameplay, not through, like, story decisions. Uh, which is really interesting. Probably the Different way that take. this will be done in the future. Yeah. It's like, when I think of the morality in games, my favorite ones, there aren't really a lot that do it. But I like the ones that, where the story is about that character it's about their character's moral decisions. Like that is mm-hmm. the story. Um, and one of the earliest ones for me was fable. Oh yeah. Um, yeah I was going to say really it's a, like, it's a great example. I was going to say, let's like, talk about the elephant in the room with, the, with that one. That one is yeah, yeah, originally like, you, the first thing I thought of. Yeah. You had your silent protagonist. Like you never really said anything. You just had like your dumb doors and voiceovers and everything else giving you like <laughs> little hints at what you could and couldn't do. Um, but you were unlocking nicknames for your character by what you were doing in in the world. Um, Chicken chaser. If you yeah. were being yep. a jerk and killing people or attacking people, your character would start to visibly change. Um, you'd start to get that those those evil looking eyes. You'd start to grow horns and flies um, would start to to come around flies, you. Yeah. yeah, like you would smell or something. Like it was. It was weird because it was the kind of game where it was very easy to get to one end of the spectrum, but really hard to get to the other if you didn't know what you were doing. Yeah, that is a good point. In that game, it was difficult to be on the good side of things sometimes. It made it really easy to be evil. So I think that game, man, what a perfect storm of a video game. Yep. Am I right? Like, just 
if you don't know the if you're listening and you have no idea what the um development for fable was like and and who who created the game and how it how it kind of came about that story is wild in itself probably one of the greatest stories in all of video game design and development um but then outside of that and outside of them falling ass backwards into making this game they created such a compelling story mm-hmm. the probably the staple of morality in games like the like the yeah. poster child of of that and then taught everyone a lesson that it's not easy to be good all of the time sometimes mm-hmm. it's easier to take the 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 evil or less favorable route yeah wow it was like it, and and there were things like if you wanted to be evil like you know there were some doors that you couldn't even get to depending on your like how good or evil you were yeah so there were sometimes you couldn't even explore certain areas but I'll, I'll never forget um you know getting the nickname chicken kicker because i'm just kicking chickens around being a jerk and then like standing in front of a door and the only way you can open it is to eat like five or ten like baby chicks like just they were like crunchy chicks and your character made the worst like munching sound while you're eating these little peeping chicks just to like go in and get a dumb little item that's useless i'll never i'll never forget the door where you had to where where you had to spell something and it was hits and you could spell shit and legend that was really that was a good one Like that was a it was a weird game, but like I I played that on I didn't have an Xbox originally. Um, I never had an original Xbox. I dealt with my neighbor at the time so much because he did PC repair and stuff that he managed to hobble together a good enough computer that I could run Fable on it, and I played Fable on PC. Wow, yeah, I I, I didn't have one either. Um, the Series X is the first Xbox console I owned, and. Uh, I ended up playing it through a friend. I, I think my PlayStation, I think it was my PlayStation Three um, starter model ended up giving out, and I ended up grabbing. Someone's like, "Oh yeah, you know, I have this old Xbox," and I was like, "You know, I guess if I'm gonna play something, I can go back and play some oldies or something on a system yeah. I never owned." Um, yeah. So I, I remember. Uh, I remember that was the first time that I had really played it outside of just like a social setting of a friend going like, Oh, Hey, check this out. Mm-hmm. Well, on PlayStation, we had another game that still wrestled with the same thing though. Still gave us like the entire game was about your moral decisions. Now, would this be PlayStation's answer to this game? Maybe unintentionally. Um, I, I can't really say that about it because I feel like the big draw to fable was like, that was the thing like that's what made it like that's what it was advertised as being so cool i feel like this one though was more about the i feel like the morality was just kind of put into it and it took a few games in the series before that really took a front seat but the infamous series yeah it it did have your karma system your good versus your good to bad karma but i, I feel like I, I didn't really play the first ones a lot i didn't play a lot till until second son on ps4 um but from what I played of the first few, it was more so just terrifying that you were a character that could throw electricity and siphon power out of the power grid and mm. do all this crazy stuff that terrified people. So it was kind of hard to even 
not scare people as a good guy. The yeah, yeah. yeah this was this was tackling also like li- being a superhuman in like a city. Yeah. Right. These people are like, what is this guy doing? How can he yeah. do that? You know. Then even as a good guy, yeah, they were afraid of you. It's that like Spider-Man conundrum. Like he's yep. the spider menace, you know, that kind of thing. Um, but I think the most interesting portion of that game was listening to how your companions reacted to you, um, especially mm-hmm. Zeke, uh, who was kind of like your closest friend. He, you know, he was always reaching out to you. Um, it just, it, it, yeah, it had some um, very interesting and you'd get physical changes in that game as well. Mm-hmm. You know, your character would go a little bit pale and they would get, like, some kind of, like, black, viscous veins sometimes, um, which is, which was kind of cool. I don't know. In, in some ways, maybe it was, like, inadvertently, these are, for Xbox and for PlayStation, you know, kind of the two games that ended up kind of being, in my eyes, maybe a little head-to-head after having this discussion, you know? Yeah. It, and and you know they probably didn't even come out around the same time. I didn't look up any of that information. No. It's kind of a bummer because we at least got Infamous Second Son, so we got a PS4 game, and it was a phenomenal game. That game also showed me that it was way easier. In that game, it was easier to do everything as a good guy, yeah. especially if you're going for like trophies and stuff, because. Mm-hmm. Characters weren't always afraid of you. By that point, the world kind of understands that some people have powers. They're out there. Yeah. But if you were a good guy, like it's not like people were running away from you or anything. But to get some trophies, you had to be an asshole. Like yeah. I remember there were some that I got because I beat the entire game as a good guy, so people weren't afraid of me. Then you could travel the open world more. Hmm. And there's trophies like, you know, attack 10 sign spinners, and you find those little dudes spinning their signs on the street, and you just attack them. And I was like, "Oh, cool! That was easy because I'm a good guy. That they didn't, they weren't running away from me." But when you play the evil route and I go with the bad karma in that game, people are running away from you constantly from like a block away. Like they, they just, they know you're coming. Yeah. And then you can't do anything because everyone, all the NPCs are running away from you, and then other people are coming in to attack you, and it gets so so difficult so it's it's kind of the opposite of the way fable handled it where you know it's easy to be evil just kill everything in front of you mm-hmm. um with infamous second son and it might be system limitations because there's just so much going on in that world if you tried if you started being bad like you were screwed you were just gonna get swarmed and stomped on so quick I, yeah and and thinking about like when infamous came out the game that came out that was its rival was prototype if you remember yep. that game. And that one, that did that didn't have a good versus evil, did it? It was, I mean, the storyline was all, like, dedicated. You could um, choose not to kill civilians and stuff. But it didn't matter. They were still hunting you, though, right? Right. Yeah. I think so. if you if you killed and absorbed civilians, you were, you became more powerful faster. But you were killing and eating civilians, and I... The game mentions it, but it doesn't like change the ending or anything. Right, right. So yeah, it sounds like the uh, some of the favorites would be Fable, Infamous, and probably Mass Effect. Yeah. For us. Yeah. Johnny, that sound right? Um, I just man, I you know I haven't played through the Mass Effect games. Well, I need to. Well, I mean, I mean, it's saying for 
us in general. Like, I, I know probably my favorite game that has morality in it. Um, it's probably Fable. It just did it so well. Um, I would say Austin, you probably would say maybe Mass Effect. Yeah, something like that. And then Johnny, I know you seem like you were in between Fable and Infamous. Yeah, it's it's weird. It's definitely between those ones. I mean, there's there's other ones out there that exist that I just haven't played that I know did a really good job of it. Um, like Undertale did a really cool job, and I'll probably never touch that game. I already know I won't. Yeah. Um, but that's also a wild one that was kind of spoiled by the community after talking about it a lot. Yeah. Um, I, I think really Infamous is my big one. In- Infamous is going to be my go-to because I sunk way too much time in that game. As far as moral decision-making in a video game, that one's it for me. Okay. Cool, cool. Um, and and the next question was, how do you feel about decisions in games, uh, moral decisions in games? And I think we kind of summed that up. I know, Austin, you're all for it. That's kind of like your, oh, yeah. as you said, that's, bread that's and butter. my bread and butter. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and for me, I, I'm definitely a, a, a big fan of those decisions and seeing how they play out and giving me an opportunity to maybe step into that role a second time and, 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 you know, play the game over. Mm -hmm. And Johnny, do you, would you see yourself kind of in the same or are you like, "Mm, maybe not, I don't have a ton of time to play games. So playing it one time is probably, (laughs) yeah, I'm kind of in the middle on it. I'm, I'm kind of in the middle on it. I'm super torn. I do like having some decisions to make here and there, but I don't like when my decision making locks out other things. That's a good thing to bring up. Um, Decision and morality is that was probably the biggest thing that we um, kind of fought with. And even going through this podcast, you know, it's like we, we've been recording for over 20 minutes now. And I, I still see us kind of stepping over that line into we're not talking about morality anymore. We're just talking about decision making. And, and, and we work our way back. And it's, and it's really hard to do that because when you think about it, you think about games like... Um, uh, Fallout New Vegas. That's a great a great game where it does have multiple mm-hmm. endings, but Johnny, as you were saying, that game straight up locks you out of things based on your decisions. Yep. That's why I don't like, like that game at all. Like, I'm, I'm, I like the setting, I, I like seeing the things, and I like doing the things, but as soon as I get to that part of like, oh, you said it with these guys? Well, this mission, this mission, this one, this one, and this one all just failed for you. Yeah, and it's. It, it, I think part of the weakness is that they tell you that, like, oh, you now can't do 37 missions because you chose this guy. That's, yeah, that's bad. Yeah, they shouldn't tell you. They shouldn't have done that. Yeah. And then uh, also, like, that, that does make it impossible to do a completionist run, right? So, like, Bioware games do this a lot where, you know, it'll be... If you choose a side, maybe it cuts off a couple missions that you won't get access to. But those missions just never come up. Right, it doesn't say, "Hey, you're not ever going to have the chance to do this mission now," you know. Yeah. Um, so you can essentially do like a completionist run on uh, Mass Effect or Dragon Age or whatever, and okay, yeah, you missed two missions that you would have been able to do if you were evil, but you know, it's fine. Yeah, and and, yeah. and that's very. I think that's honest. The way that they do it right. is very honest. It, it is because of this, is you know, but. In the thought of, like, jumping into, like I said, New Vegas is going to be my, like, for this, where I plant my flag of, like, I hate this. You have no idea what you're doing early in the game. Yep. You get to this guy, and he asks you a question, and they're like, 
you're like, okay, cool, I'll go with this one. I don't know what the fuck this guy's talking about. Okay, you've just determined the rest of your game. Yep. Cool, cool. Well, the, the, these guys now hate you, and these guys now like you. So ha- have fun okay. with that. It's like, so I, I, mm, I'm torn, but I kind of like that aspect of it. Well, it could be done well, but again, the thing is, like, they need to present it to you. Need to present you with all the options, give you a chance to think about it, and then just not even tell you that you've just cut off half the game, right? Right, right. Yeah, yeah the way they went about it was incredibly poor, yeah. I think, and that's why everyone, like, I always hear people love, you know, saying like, I love. Fallout New Vegas, and I'm like, Mm-mm. yep, nope. It's don't, it's don't the like brokenest the one, but it's also I think the one with the most potential in it. And whether or not that potential was achieved is whether you like the game or not. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you're going to reduce my options dramatically, I would rather you do it that early. Yeah, I would rather not get invested in a lot of stuff and then suddenly, like several hours in, have my options like cut in half. I would rather have that happen right at the beginning, so it's less for me to stress about later. And, and and I I I disagree personally with the way that I would like to play a game. I would like to invest in some of these people. I would like to mm-hmm. learn about them and and yep. see what they what they have to offer. Who do I really decide with? On a surface level, you can't really determine even if you like someone. You know, with talking to them for twenty minutes, right? is their organization you have to know good? Them. I mean, it's not just them, but yeah, like okay, I like uh, Dave, but like Ooh, is good. his group good? Or are they, like, evil? And there's, like, the thing of, like, if you want to join, uh, you know, Caesar's Legion, you have to get, like, really deep into the game before you even get the option and stuff, so. Yeah. yeah. So, I don't know. And I can't remember. Does, because I, I probably beat it once, but it was such a long time ago. Do decisions even matter in that game? Yeah. It, yeah, it changes the outcome. It changes the outcome. Perfect. So, so they, they at least achieved... I would throw that under probably games that matter with yep. with decision and, and morality. So speaking of that, I, I think we should start throwing in some examples of stuff that doesn't matter. So just though, like, you have, like, moral or um, philosophical decisions that you make, but ultimately either it does not impact gameplay or it has a very minimal impact to gameplay. Yeah. See, so yeah, I think the, the, like, er example of that probably would be Bioshock, right? So obviously not going to... Sure. Spoil the uh, big twist or anything, but so, in Bioshock, basically you're presented very early with okay, you need to like extract DNA to be able to get more like magic powers. Yeah, sort power. Of. Yeah. So yeah, the way that you do that is you can either crush this little girl's skull, uh-huh. or you can be nice to her. So this is like you know this is the example of morality that I was making fun of when I talked about Mass Effect, right? Sure. Where it's like okay, they're they're like these little creatures. They look like little girls, and I guess they were, but they're distinctly like evil alien monsters now. Yep, that live underwater. Right in uh, Bioshock Two, you get a really cool good look opportunity to like see that what it's like to be a little sister, which is really funny. But yeah, so you know they they're wandering around. They usually have a big bodyguard that's usually you know the most interesting fights you can have are with those guys. And yeah, they give you, they either give you um, like one DNA point if you are nice to them and let them go, or like three if you kill them and eat them. But part of the reason why this falls into the doesn't matter category is that if you're nice to them, they will start to help you and they'll leave little gift like boxes for you to open and stuff. And it actually ends up being more advantageous. You get more points for helping them 
Yeah. So that already kind of defeats the moral choice there, right? Like, if you want to kill and eat them, you're just being evil. There's no, like, gameplay benefit or anything. I mean, typically when you're evil, the benefit, you like, you get some benefit, you get more money, you get more items because you're just stealing from poor people or whatever. So, uh, it also doesn't impact the ending in any way. The, the, really the back, I don't know, three quarters of Bioshock are completely on rails. And I mean, it's, it's a, you know, it's a very uh, linear story and everything. Mm-hmm. So I don't, it, I think it has, it, it changes the outcome of a, of part of one cutscene basically. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it doesn't super matter, but obviously while you're playing, like, do you want to snap a child's neck on screen? I guess you can do that. Probably should put you on a list. Probably should. Yeah. <laughs> so one of the next uh, one of the next bullets that we had wrote down. Uh, this one's kind of it's kind of iffy. I, I don't know where this will lead. Right. Um, but we had wrote games position people to look like they might be, you know, they might be like a good person. In, in the setting that you see, but overall they might not be a good person. And the example that was given was Joel from The Last of Us. Um, right. So yeah, this is I, I guess for me, like when I this this is all back in the conversation again on TikTok and everything because of the uh, Last of Us Part One remake. Um, we're like, oh, you mean the award-winning prequel? The award-winning the, prequel. The award-winning hit game, The Last of Us Part Two. Exactly. Yeah. I love that they even changed the the name to Last of Us Part, Part One. one. <laughs> yeah. I can't wait for the Last of Us pre sequel. There's a lot of games like this where you're playing a character that you know when you are playing as a character, you're controlling that character throughout the majority of the game. You see them as the good guy, right? Because you are the good guy. Hopefully, you're always a good guy in your own story. You you want to see yourself as the good guy, probably, sure. right? So yeah. depends. But um. You know, in the in the Last of Us, throughout the game, again, not spoiling any endings or anything, but uh, Joel is, you know, he talks about having this dark past, but when he talks about it, it's not like it's in the distant past, right? It's like, well, you used to hurt people, right? Yeah, did they deserve it? Hmm. You know, like well, it, he it doesn't bother so. him. Like he, well, even then, it's like, well, it doesn't really matter. Like I had to do it, so I did it. Yeah. You know, I don't. I don't really care if they deserved it or not. Um, and ultimately, throughout the game, like you, you see Joel as such a selfish, self-centered. I mean, even the very beginning, which I think is meme to death, so you know, it's pretty well known. Um, he's like, he doesn't give a shit about anybody nearby. He doesn't like try to help his neighbors that he lives next to. Um, well, they were assholes. In fact, anyway. he's he's like very ready to kill the one neighbor, right? Sure. And it's like, well, defend himself to yeah. If as he has as to people, yeah. right? As as they're trying to escape town, he doesn't try to stop and help anybody. In fact, a family comes up with a kid, and they're like, "Yo, help us get out of here!" And he's like, "Bye." <laughs> you know, uh, he's he's very selfish, and it's you know he's in a survival situation, so it's understandable to an extent. But then when you see the evidence mount throughout the entire game of like, oh, he doesn't help this person. He just shoots this guy. He doesn't care about this. He walks away from this. You come to see that, okay, he's not like an evil, you know, mustache twirling villain or whatever. But he's just a guy. There's there's nothing special about him. He's not a good person. He's not a hero. He's just 
he's just him. Yeah, you know? no, yeah, he's not a he's not a good guy. Or yeah. He's not a good guy, or he's not a bad guy, but he's definitely not a good guy. Well, it's it's definitely debatable if he's a bad guy by the end, without yeah. uh, spoiling anything. Yeah, but um, and then the second game, that shit really comes to a head. Yeah, in the second game, it yeah, there's there's a lot of stuff of like, uh, you know, it's a game. What of, is justifiable? Yeah, it's a game of like your past demons catching up to you. Right, and then, you know, literally from multiple directions. Right, like every everybody is a past demon and has a past demon. That game really so tells the story. It's very interesting. Of, like I said, you are the, um, you are the hero of your own story. And you are a villain in other people's story. Yeah. No matter how good or how evil you are, you are going to be a villain in someone's story. I've been saying this uh, they, ever since the, the game was announced and the, the concept and everything. It should have been called The Last of Us Revengeance. <laughs> I'm just saying. Revengeance too. No, it's it's weird that you said that like you know, you're know you usually the hero of your own story, uh, but you're you can be the villain of someone else's. Um, someone said it, I can't remember where I even saw it, and it's, it's stupid because it was probably like a dumb movie or something. Um, but I, I'll never forget that somebody pointed out that like being a parent, like the entire time, like in your, in your life, normally you are your, you are the main character, but once you have a child, Mm -hmm. once you have another life that depends on you, you're not the main character anymore. Yeah. Sure. That is now the main character and you're a supporting character. (laughs) Like that is it. Right. And that's a big part of the the story of The Last of Us for sure. And that's why Joel didn't want to do it initially. He right. he was even like hesitant. He's like, have to really this? Well, he's like, I'm I'm not the guy for this, right? You know, right out of the and gate like, from the Last of Us part one. You are the guy. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately for you, you are the guy, and you're doing this. But, so um, I, that's I th- one where you know his morality is just a fact. It it's it's just there. It doesn't change. Um, it doesn't change the story in any way. You don't get any choices, really. Yeah. Um, I you, guess very you, minimal stuff. He said you, on you just story. play it. You you just play a well written character. Yep. That's right. really right. Like the Last of Us games are, they tell really good stories about morality. It, and you may not like it. It oh, may yeah. not be a fun one to watch. I, it, something I think about a lot, and I compare a lot with the Last of Us, is like the book uh, Lolita, where it's like, mm-hmm. it is told. Sort of from the villains, in, in I mean, in Lolita's case, the villain's point of view, right? So like, it's inherently has an unreliable narrator. It's like, oh well, you know, she did this, and she knew that it would draw my attention, and she knew that I would do X, Y, Z, and it's like, no, they didn't, <laughs> you know, like, and it's this is kind of the thing with like, I think Joel even says a couple times in the game, it's like that guy made me do it. Yeah, and it's like no, he really didn't. That's that's your instinct. You know, like, or you wanted to do it, and now you're looking for an excuse. You know, for sure. So, so um, that was um, I, I think a really good example of a linear game, right. not with not with morality, but with decisions, and it kind of riffed well, off a of story other about we were... morality. Yes. Right? Um, yeah. You you don't partake in the morality, but it's there, and it's it's important to the story. Yeah, it's it's a story about. The, like it, this, the morality is a huge part of it, and that's right. what makes people want to watch it. Because I, I, I want to say watch it because that game always feels like a movie. Oh yeah. So I kind of can't wait for the show to come out. Yeah. But for sure. It's because as these things are happening, you're tense and you're like, 
fuck, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. But you know what you have to do. Great segment um, of that it, in uh, Last of Us 2. Yes. Like, Very. it's really good at putting you... They're really good at putting you in that scenario where you don't have a choice. Yeah, there's and a... And that makes you wrestle with your own morals because yep. you're like, what do I do? I can't do this. There's an X um, button on the screen. Yeah. you have to press X. You can't... There's no... If you... You can press every other button. You can sit and wait. You can turn off the game and walk away. But the only way it's progressing is if you press X and you press X and press it again. Yeah. Press it again. Press it again until it goes away. And there, there have been games that I've walked away from oh, because yeah. of I, I things happening in them. Yeah. Um, there's actually one game in our list of games that we talked about. Uh, it's one of the games where, like, the the moral, like, the, the there's a lot of decision making and stuff in it, but it's from the perspective of multiple different people. And a certain point in the game came up, and I couldn't play it. I turned it off, and I took it back. <laughs> well, yeah, let's hit on that while we're while we're. Uh on it which with um heavy rain which heavy rain has a lot of decision making it has morality to it which i guess some of it is revealed to you later that there so yeah you play as multiple characters you find out later that a couple of your characters are not who they appeared to be and um but you had no idea as you were playing them. And then so. there's a lot of things that it's not strictly like morality, but it's just, it, it is kind of in that same ballpark of, um, are you capable of doing this? So like, you know, the, the main character, I guess, uh, their like son is kidnapped and it's a serial killer has them. And to get them back, you have to do like saw trials basically. Yeah. And yeah, I know a lot of people had issues with the sequence in the game where you have to crawl through like a furnace that is going to turn on at a certain point. And then while you're crawling through it, it's completely covered in shattered glass. Yeah. So it's like, you know, would you crawl through hell on your hands and knees to rescue your son? And you have to manually do it. You have to press the button. You have to push forward you're watching shards of glass get stuck in your guy's arms and legs, and he has to pull them out and everything, or else he'll pass out. And, uh, you know, there's there's uh, some even crazier... I mean, it kind of reminds me almost of uh, Dead Space 2, where you have to give yourself the eyeball injection. Uh, it's fun like, fact. This is hard. <laughs> I never made it that far in Heavy Rain. Do you know how far okay. I made it? The Chop Choppy? No. Uh, that's pretty far. That's what I was going to say. That's after actually that's the conclusion of that puzzle, I think. Here here here's how far I got. Um you can't find your son at the train station. You're <laughs> you're sitting at the police station, you're being into, you're, you're you're talking about what happened and you're giving details about the last time you saw your son. Yep. And you're you're trying to recall what time of day it was, oh, what people were around you, what he was wearing. Oh shit. Yeah, that was tough. Yeah. That alone broke me. Perfect. And I wasn't even a parent. I Dude, did imagine, not have a kid back yeah, then. You should do it now. A no. dad plays heavy rain. A dad of a no. child. Have another kid. Name him Jason. <laughs> Fuck. No. Uh, no. Wasn't the other one no, Sean? That, that, that game stressed me out so bad that oh, yeah. at that point alone, I was sitting here and I was like, what do I... Shit, what was... Oh. I don't rem- I don't remember any of this, bro. Oh yeah. my god, no! I don't remember any of this. And you come off it- so bad if you're like, uh, he was wearing a blue coat, and they're like, uh, other witnesses said it was a red coat, and you're like, oh 
fuck. I didn't even get that far. Yeah. As soon as the information got put in front of me to like, try nope. to find the answer, I was like, I... <laughs> my son's dead. Don't know. He's gone. It's and so fault. am I. I was like, Shut I don't know. I, my exact words while sitting in the game room at the time were, I don't oh know. my god, I can't do this. I'm a terrible father. <laughs> I can't do this. And you turn the game off and turn around and go... I'm going to go make a baby. <laughs> I turned the game off. I took the disc out. I took it back to GameStop. Like I said, I think it was one of my employee checkouts. Yeah, I was like, I, I can't do again. this. I can't do this. And I can't remember who was even working when I took it back. It was probably I was me. like, I whoever it was was like, oh, you, you're done with it already? And I said, nope, I hate this. I can yeah. never play this game. I, and it, it might have been both of you working. I don't know. I feel like I remember that conversation of like, dude, it was so good, though. And you're like, no. I mean, it is literally torture yourself simulator, right? It kind I of is. I couldn't do it. And uh, it's it's wild. Like, I can't even think about going back to that game, <laughs> especially now that I have a kid. Because you know, it was like, I didn't, like, that was... That had to be like, man, it feels like that was like eight years ago, um, maybe nine years ago when that stuff was happening. And now I'm just, now I have a five-year-old and it's weird and he's in school. So I always have these constant fears of like, okay, cool. Sure hope everything goes cool, man. I mean, I think the main story, the main takeaway is don't go to Grand Central Station, right? That's what I heard. Apparently, man. And now like that kind of game messes with me because I won't even like, I hate looking at those like work videos about like your attention to detail and then they like quiz you on stuff yeah, I afterwards. That. I get anxiety attacks yeah. because I go back to thinking about heavy rain. It's all, yeah, it's ultimately heavy rain's fault. So then yeah, I guess another this gives us a good pivot into uh, really uh, several more games, but um one of the ones we had on the list where okay, it does have an impact, but it's not really morality. It's kind of a different subject, but it is about your so it, I'm talking about The Witcher 3. Um, specifically, the way that the ending takes place is based on how you as Geralt deal with your daughter figure, Siri. right? So there's a number... Like, you can... So she's in, a, like, a very weird situation. She's, like, sort of been abducted, kind of. She's being pursued... Um, you kind of interact with her in a few different ways and she keeps like wandering off to go do her own thing. And she's an adult at this point in the game, right? Like she's been in like a thief crew, I guess. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the sparrows or whatever. Uh, she's, she's had like a whole weird life while you've been like having a coma or whatever Geralt does. And, um... You know, obviously, your first instinct as essentially this character's dad, right? Like, you first meet her when she's, like, six. You raise her. Um, you know, it, a lot of this is told in flashback or just from having knowledge of the books and things like that. But, uh, obviously, the TV show is all about Siri, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, your natural instinct probably is to, like, shelter her or, like, keep her out of stuff. And it's like okay, we need to send somebody to defend the barricades. Who goes? And Siri's like, I'll do it. And then you have the option to be like, no. Like, I need you here with me. I need to protect you. And if you do that enough, it kind of weakens Siri, right? And it's, uh, without getting into spoiler zone, um, you know, the, the kind of... Even other characters you talk to will be like, no, you need to 
you need to kind of let her go. Like she's an adult. You've given her all the training and all the information that she needs. And then even like you and her kind of mother figure character, um, if you talk to her, she'll be like, oh yeah, we need to like, she cannot be allowed to do this. It's too dangerous. We need to keep her safe. We need to put her under wraps. And, um, you know, how you treat her throughout the game alters the game's ending. And then it kind of has one of those things where it, you know, it shows a bunch of title cards and says what happened to people in the future, you know? It, I mean, it really heavily impacts the future of the Witcher universe of what happens with Siri, because she's like a you know a faded character that was foretold a thousand years ago or whatever. Um, but yeah, it's like so you're you know in, in the Witcher in general when you're doing different missions, like you might find like a troll that like takes tolls from under a bridge, you know. And it's like, oh, okay, he actually maintains the bridge and keeps it in really good shape. This is We're in the middle of a civil war, and this bridge is in perfect condition because the troll takes care of it, right? Mm-hmm. And some people in a nearby village or whatever might be like, yo, kill that guy. He's freaking me out. And you go talk to the troll, and he's like, you know, I know some of the, you know, the refugees don't have to pay a toll because I know that they don't have any money, and they're just, they're trying to survive. And it's like, this is just a dude. Like, I don't have to kill this guy, you know? Like, witchers in general, they typically do not... uh, They don't hunt dragons because they're intelligent. They don't hunt, uh, quote-unquote, higher vampires, which are, like, you know, the traditional vampire you think of that's basically a human with, like, superhuman powers. Um, And he pays the troll toll. things that are intelligent. You pay the troll toll. You get in that boy's hole. (laughs) You know? That's how it got the M rating. So, uh, you know, your, your morals play into the game, but really the thing that's altering the ending and the, that kind of thing is not really morality, but sort of your, you know, how you treat certain characters and your outlook on the world. Um, and there's, I mean, it's as low down as, you know, again, talking about Last of Us, like revenge. Do you get revenge on this dude that betrayed you? Or do you understand that he betrayed you for a reason and that reason is greater than him or even your life right so yeah i do Um, think i do think the witcher the witcher leads into the conversation about decision making in an open world an open world setting in general yeah, just in general in in the way that like um the witcher and most bethesda titles um yeah uh just CD CD project red in general uh, cyberpunk is is kind of a a similar way um and uh rockstar rockstar ended up being one of the games that i really um like pinpointed as like you there is morality but it just changes the way that you live mm-hmm. um and and I, I would say things like uh you know the Witcher is different from the way Cyberpunk. They're coming from the same studio. It's different in the way that it deals with like um, your morality on what you decide to do. I mean, because most of these games, you can just go in and wipe out as many people as you want, and then still get in, you know, like a favorable ending. In in Cyberpunk specifically, you can do literally whatever you want, and still mm. get whatever ending that you go with in the last. 45 minutes of the game or whatever um so so i i don't it doesn't really matter there and that's why it, so a lot of these games i would say 
a lot of the games we thought of initially ended up in kind of like a gray area where it's like does it impact the game does it not impact the game i mean it kind of does um you're making morality decisions kind of there at the end for yourself and others um Mm -hmm. red dead redemption 2 is an interesting one though um because you're not getting uh you're not really getting that opportunity to change your characters for the majority of the game's story what's going to happen there is going to happen and it's all just about how you live in that world um you know i do want to be the guy that's like a well-known bounty that's always being hunted um or do you prefer to you know come and go as you please without people really turning an eye to you and all of that is tied to morally like what do you decide to do with people Mm mm-hmm and I, I thought that was an interesting take as well. Um, I'm trying to think of like the, you know, kind of the the staple game everyone talks about when they talk about like open world games, uh, Skyrim. Uh, where yeah. does where does morality really fall in that game? Does yeah, I guess in Skyrim again, it's kind of almost like The Witcher, where it's not. I guess there is a moral question of like, do the Nords deserve to control Skyrim if they are going to? like be like racist and violent which they certainly are so you would support the stormcloaks and it's like well it's their territory it was taken from them probably unfairly they deserve to worship the gods that they want and things like that but uh they're going to be like insanely violent toward like local elves and argonians and khajiit populations and things like that which maybe shouldn't have been there but they are now and it's now it's something you have to deal with yeah. Versus the Empire, which is like, okay, ultimately the Empire are probably the good guys. I mean, it's like Rome, mm. right? Like the Roman Empire. They're probably the good guys, but they're doing really weird stuff. Like, it's probably better to be part of the Empire than not. But, you know, like, they have really no good justification of why they're here. If the Nords don't want to be part of the Empire, then let them be free. And if they want to join up later, they can, you know? Yeah. Um, and and, and, and it, again, they like the the empire, and especially like the the elves and stuff that you deal with, are also racist, and they're also treating everybody poorly. That's they consider beneath them and things like that. Yeah. So I, it's a it's a tough question. And and you also have your own personal like qualm with how, like how far are you going to go? Are you going to, you know just go up to the mages guild and, and, and live that life. Um, right. Yeah. You can choose to sequester yourself from the main plot of the game. Really? Right. Like your, so the real main storyline for your character is your whole like dragonborn thing, which doesn't really, I guess ultimately you choose a side in the civil war, but that's sort of just supplementary to making the game conclude. Um, the main, story of the game is that there's the civil war going on and how do you play how do you play into it how do you decide um which side to choose and really just based on the fact that it's an open world game and you don't have to play the story if you don't want to yeah you can choose to be neutral essentially you can become a sequestered mage at the college you can become a sellsword for hire you can become a vampire lord but you Uh, can also be a dwarf (laughs) You can also like remove yourself from those things and and, and go yeah. like uh 
like never be approached by the Dark Brotherhood. You can never be. Yeah. You can say, "Nope, the Thieves Guild is not right for me." I find Riften to be kind of beneath me. You know, you can kind for of you, you can you can take so many and live so many lives uh, within that open world game, and I think that's the kind of um, when it comes to open world, that's kind of the standard that it's it, it's not going to change the world. But mm-hmm. it's going to change how you live in the world. Yeah. And I'm like, that's really cool. That's that's a cool thing to think about when, uh, you know, taking, you know, do, does morality actually matter? In, in, in the grand scheme of things, in these open world games, no, not really. Mm-hmm. But it changes how you play the game, therefore it matters to you. Cool. Um... I think that's all I had for it. Do you guys have anything else that you wanted to uh, throw out there before we wrap up morality? <laughs> wrap up morality. Um, Finally. It's it's weird because of all of the talk of things inside of these games and all these different stories and the morality and stuff that's there. Um, it's kind of when reading through all of these different examples and, and talking about all the things that we've covered it makes you kind of realize how ridiculous parts of the world are that think that video games are something that are impacting people's morals as far as making people go out and do bad things. Like, it's always been a thing where people since the 90s have been like, oh, these video games are bad for people. They're making people violent. Mortal Kombat's Mm -hmm. terrible because there's blood. It's going to make you want to rip someone's head off in real life. Grand Theft Auto's going to make you want to really steal a car and go rob a sports store for a baseball bat so you can go beat someone up in the street and kill a hooker. Like, And then the vast majority of GTA role-playing players are just like following traffic laws yeah yeah and like they're pulling being, people over for jaywalking they're being cops i don't know i saw a really good one where someone was a um a bird and they would swoop down and pick up other players and fly them up really high and it, they would be like french fries and the guy'd be like what i don't have any fucking french fries and then he would just drop them yeah. that's the kind like, of it's crazy it, it's it's crazy to think that the the way some people look at video games with such a like extreme extreme focus and they don't see it or they choose not to see any of these other kinds of examples out there where you know it is either morality is a part of the game and you're making that choice or these are stories about moral decisions mm-hmm. um or the entire game is just moral decisions. Um, it's definitely a, a different way to look at it, and we covered so many different ones in some different ways on here that I didn't really expect us to go toward. So I think it's uh, I think it was kind of a cool experience and just a, a cool way to touch base on some of these, even though we skipped over some different ones. We spent some time in some places I didn't think we'd even touch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah, cool. I think my uh, oh, my final word on morality basically would just be that I think it's cool to have it in games because it allows you to test and kind of decide on your own, like real life decision making and morality and what you'll do when you lose your son. I, I right, mean, Johnny, it's God, I hate you. <laughs> it's it, it's just it's just a look 
at, you know, it, it's no different than reading a book or watching a movie. Um, it, it allows you to get a window into a life that you will likely never live. Um, yeah. Hopefully. And, and yeah, yeah. Ho- hopefully you'll never live those. And, and you get to just kind of experience uh, video games being, uh, in my in my opinion, always the preferred method of entertainment and media just because it is the closest thing to being able to do something that you would normally not be able to do. Um, and sometimes it's as simple as morale, uh, you know, making moral choices and decisions. Mm-hmm. So, perfect. If you guys get the chance, give us a follow on Twitter at Mammoth Games Inc. You can follow Fun Balanced as well. Bad Assets Pod, we appreciate that. Get that full Fun Balanced experience. We have our show coming out every Tuesday on podcast services around the globe as well. Bad Assets releases on YouTube. Fun Balance also on YouTube as well in podcast form. So go give them a follow. Go give them a like. Review us. You know, spread the good word. We'd like to speak with as, as you know, many of you as we can. For Mammoth Games Inc., I'm one of your hosts, Jay. You can find me at Night Swarm. Uh, with me this week, we have Austin. You can occasionally find me at Filtercord. You can't find him. He's a ghost. Good luck. Uh, and Johnny Riot. The one and only. Find him at Johnny Riot. For Brian and the rest of Mammoth Games Inc., have a good one, guys. Hi, my name is Ian Moss, and I am one of the three hosts. Is that, I don't know if that's the, is host the right word? Is this a, is this a show? Do we show things? Uh, not really, I think it's a podcast. Oh, right, right, okay. Maybe more of an experience? Yeah, yeah, we're, we're experiential. I'm one of the three, whatever you want to call it, of the Fun Balance po- Codcast. We talk about COD, we're a CODcast now. I'm sorry, I ruined everything. <laughs> we're exclusively about genital protection and fish. I'm going to need more information about the first one and less information about the second one, but anyway. That's not how that works, and you know it. <laughs> we talked about cod pieces and fish. Todd fish. So with me on this experience is John Gilmore. I've changed my name to Todd Gilmore, thank you. <laughs> and Jay Weitzel. Oh, no, not me. Cod Gilmore and I are tabletop game designers, so I'm not going to call you Cod anymore. I'm going to go for the John. So, John, what is Fun Balance? Well, Fun Balance is when in design you throw out proper mathematical balance in exchange for fun, which is kind of what we're doing every episode. We throw out the structure of a respectable podcast with planning and management, and instead we just have fun conversations about all kinds of things, right, Jay? Yeah, you know, we talk about everything and nothing. It's like a Seinfeld episode. John and I are really big into video games. We try to convince Ian to play more than two hours of a video game. Unsuccessful. Hasn't happened yet. Okay, fair, fair. You know, we also dive into things like best comic book characters. It's 100% dog welder. That's easy. And everything else. Ian and I, we've known each other for, for more of our lives than we haven't. So we have plenty of stories to tell there as well. Not all COD related either, surprisingly. Not all. Well, there's a couple. It's very COD centric. So join us every two weeks for Fun Balanced, a podcast of unbalanced conversations. Should be Codversations. Can I change it at the end? Can we just go <laughs> Codversations? Yeah, yeah re- redo that last part. <laughs> A podcast of unbalanced conversations. Perfect. We're keeping all this in. Yep. Yep. Yeah, don't even edit out the part where we talked about it. <laughs> Wasn't this supposed to be a minute long? <laughs> yeah, we're going to stop now. <laughs>